Peter Ozer. Yeah. Fantastic job. <laughs> thank you for coming today. Oh, thank you. I'm yeah. glad to be here. When I called you tonight, you said, sure, man, I'm ready for to you? come. For you? Of course. <laughs> that makes me feel good. Um, when you did that thing for real did, you copied his video. Mm -hmm. It's called Black Man. What's the name of the The video? song is called Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is the name oh, of the song. The song is called Entrepreneur. Right, right. Um, we have to get into that a little bit later because I want to make sure that's running a little bit in the back. Okay, so okay, all good, all good. Dale, tell me a little bit about where you come from, um, your family. All right, so yeah, yeah. I'm originally from Baltimore, mm -hmm. um, born in New Jersey, but I wasn't there long enough to actually have claim for New Jersey because okay. my mom's family and my father's family all came from Baltimore, but my grandmother had moved to New Jersey, so that's where my mother kind of sort of grew up a little bit. But she, even she still claims Baltimore. And so even though I was born in Jersey, I've pretty much been in Baltimore, grew up in Baltimore all the way through high school mm -hmm. and through college and mm -hmm. starting my career there as well. How many, how many kids in your family? Like, um, growing up was just me, my sister, and my mother. Okay, are you the first? I'm the oldest. Oldest, and how many years between you and your sister? Um, well. <laughs> Wait, is it the same father? Same well, me and my sister, me and my sister have two different, have separate, different fathers. Okay, different But there's two years difference between her. But then I have another sister with my father, and there's 32 years difference between us. What, older or younger? Younger. So he just, it hasn't been that long ago since he had. Yeah, my sister, sister is now 21. Oh, 21. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so. you're giving away your age with all this. Anyway. Do the math. You can do the math. You can do the math. Do the math. Do the math. I never complain about getting older. Because I'm here. Even a few. They talk to me. I mean, you know, talk and to just to be, you know, it's like, not to get too serious, but look, I, I know a lot of folks who didn't make it this far. Isn't that something? So I'm thankful for every day. That's right. That's right. You know, and learned, I learned a long time ago. Every day above ground is a good day. Good day. <laughs> yes. I use that phrase. I mean, some, when people ask me, how am I doing? I say, fantastic. I say, why? I said, because I woke up this morning. Yep, that's it. I woke up above ground. And, it, and, and here's the thing. You can never have a bad day if you started that off as your premise. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That's true. And I, something I say at the end of the podcast, too, that my brother said to me that I found to be very profound. Profound. He said, it's all on loan. Yep. And when he said that to me at the time, yeah. when he said it to me, where I was in life, it just really hit me, and I started right. thinking about it. Everything we have, have and perceive is on loan. Right. We can't, we, we can't, can't take, take it with, it with you. It we, you know, we, it goes back to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Somebody else will reclaim it. That's right. Or the planet will reclaim it. Isn't that the truth? You know, because think about it. Everything that's been here has always been here. That's right. We keep on changing. <laughs> and that tickles me. We like to say, as human beings, we've created something. No, you haven't. Mm. You changed the way it looked. Mm. Right. You know, it's like right. a bird with his nest. He gets straw to stand like this. When he finishes it, he has this work of art. Right. But he didn't, he didn't create anything. Yeah. He just changed the way it looked. Like you know, this table, that TV, yeah. clock, yeah. everything we yeah. have, we've yeah. taken it, something from somewhere else and Put it, together, Put it together, but it right. was already here. It's already been here, you know. and we think we, could, we, you know, we discovered. Yeah, we did discover it, but it was already here. here. <laughs> Just for us to help. Yeah, right, right. So tell me, okay, so you grew up in Baltimore. Grew up in Baltimore. So how long were you in Baltimore? To what age? Um, I was in pretty much most of my adult life. I was in Baltimore. Okay. And so what'd you do? What kind of work did you do? Did so, you go to? Did you so, go to college? So I went to college. I went okay. to Ithaca College. Which what? Ithaca. Ithaca. Okay. 
Um, and, and then while I was at Ithaca, my degree is in American history with kind of a focus on ethnic and immigrant um, studies. Mm -hmm. And then I also took filmmaking. Okay. And I took pretty much all the filmmaking and screenwriting courses as electives. All right. Because the film program denied me twice. <laughs> all right. But I still wanted to do film because what's interesting is when I was in, like from ages 7 to 17, mm -hmm. I wanted to be a doctor. Okay, why was that? Um, you know, when you're a kid and you get impressionable, like the most impressionable person that you see is probably the doctor. You know, was, was that, that for Peter? You? That was for yeah, you. it was for me. It was probably you know Dr. Shirley Chisholm was our, you know. <laughs> it sounds like a black woman. It was a black man. A black man. Been named Shirley. Yes. Shirley Chisholm. Yeah. Okay. And not Shirley Chisholm. Doctor. Um, was it Chiselle? Chiselle. 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 Okay. And he was our pediatrician. And he was like this, this great doctor. He made you feel good about yeah. yourself. And so I knew I was, from like seven years old, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. But I think it would, may have been younger than that, you know, because when I was much younger, I had my tonsils taken out. And I know from talking to my mom about that experience, she was like, okay, doctor, just give me the needle right here. You know, you know like... So I know that that probably was also part of that, but that part I don't remember. I do remember like being in the hospital eating a lot of ice cream. Right, right, right. And that part. So like, I'm sure between the family doctor and the tonsil experience, that doctors made an impression. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so from age seven, I was like, I want to be a doctor. And the thing is, my family supported that. They really put. I see. Why wouldn't they? And. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, you want to be that? We want to do everything. Like, you know, I had aunts and uncles that, you know, they would give me microscopes. They were really trying to encourage. Oh, yeah. When my first job was with my uncle working at a cancer research laboratory at age 15 okay. at University of Maryland. Wow. Now, imagine being 15 years, 15 years old, old, working in a cancer research laboratory, helping researchers on cancer at 15. Wow. You know, and so... And then I also volunteered in the hospital in anesthesiology as well as histology. So I had this really great experience coming up, but also the creative bug started coming in. So I was writing poetry. I was, you know, dabbling in music. And then when I was in high school, me and some friends, we put a band together. What kind of music would you do? It was, we were kind of like a Prince cover band. Okay, but what did you play? What I sang and wrote the lyrics for the band. Okay, so you're yeah. singing. A little bit. All right. Not, you know, I'm retired now. Okay. So. <laughs> right. what, what kind of work did your father do? My father, he, you know, my father was a Vietnam veteran. Like I am. And he came out of, you know, came out of war like many vets and had a whole bunch of, you know, issues with narcotics and all that kind of stuff. So he, he did a lot of different jobs, but he eventually settled into working at the water department. Okay. And Is your so, father still alive? You know, he passed about four years ago. How old was he when he passed? Oh, let's see, 68. So he was young. Man. Yeah. That's how old yeah, I am now. Yeah, he was young. So he'd have been 72 now. About, yeah, 72, 73. Yep. Yeah. What, but so how old are you now? I'm 53. 53. So he had you when he was really young. Now you have to edit that out, right? Let me take that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, he was young. Yeah, he was 20. Young when he, had he was 20. My mother was 18. 
All right. They didn't get married. They didn't get married okay. because you know he was going to the ward. You know, right. he, like he he got drafted. Oh, he got drafted. Right. So did I. Yeah, and he and I think he didn't want to. He didn't know what was going to happen. I understand, right? But then when he came back, but did he know that you were on the way? Oh he, yeah, he found that yeah. out. I'm sure. Yeah, he knew yeah. I was on the way, and I think you know, but I think he didn't want to. Right, Go through and just think. Did you have a what kind of relationship did you have with your father? We had a good relationship, but sometimes it was could be contentious, you know, because sometimes he was there, sometimes he wasn't, you know. But I think he was still dealing with his own stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of he carried Vietnam with him. He was Sorry. proud of his service, but I think he, you know, you know, he had issues in terms of addiction and those sort of things, and he, you know, he would go into recovery, you know, and run recovery houses, which actually what's interesting is that his experience of going, doing the recovery houses mm -hmm. is what inspired me to do my movie Stay. I uh, think you mentioned that to me before. Yeah. And that movie, by the way, your movie was really... Thank when, you. When you told me about that, when I watched it, I was really, even though I Thank didn't you. know you, I don't know you, but I was really proud. Thank I you. I said, Mom, I know a guy <laughs> that can do this well and with Thank a limited budget, and it yeah. was just... Thank well you. produced, man, and, thank the, and you. the actor and the actress you had were so good. Thank you, thank you. So I really liked them. So man. yeah, but he's the reason, you know. He's yeah. like because originally I was going to tell the story in Baltimore. Okay. Um, and with Americans. With Americans. Okay. And the only reason I changed is because when I came back to Tokyo around 2012, 2012, yeah. Um, I had this kind of period when I was in Tokyo because we were living in Fukushima, and I was in I was working for a film festival here, mm -hmm. and I was kind of quasi homeless in Tokyo. Okay, I was like staying in capsule hotels and hostels and all these different places, but I read an article about a recovery group in Tokyo, and what I realized that nobody ever talks about drugs and narcotics or any of that stuff here. Mm -hmm. and, in, and then, but reading the experience of these guys who were going through the recovery program, you know, I kind of understood it because, you know, my father's experience going through recovery. And so, what I but what I realized was different was how they, Japan doesn't, keeps it on you. Right, right, they don't. They don't, they don't, they don't no. like they don't give you a second chance afterwards. Oh, I see what you're just saying. Yes. Like you, you, you carry that for the rest of your life. Really, your life, yes. your life. Like you don't That's like right. in the states, if you're in recovery, and you're moving forward in your life, nobody holds that against you. Well, here, if your boss finds out that you just had an addiction problem, they can let you go just because of the impression. I was like, how do you move forward when people won't give you a second chance? That's a hard thing psychologically to deal with. And I said, how do you find that hope? And so that's kind of how the you story, the you know, started. Yeah. Like, so the story started to change thematically from what I wanted to do back in Baltimore in Japan because I just felt like that palette was much richer mm -hmm. in terms of the story. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, because of my father's experience and then reading about these other guys and their experiences, it helped to inform the story on another right, level. Right. And you know, so you know, so that's why you see his name. His, you know, his name is at the end, dedicated. At the end of the movie, yeah. After all the credits go up. Yep. Wait, well, how how would someone if they want to see Stay, how would they go about? It? You can see it on Amazon. It's, it's on, on Amazon. It's on Amazon in the states. It's on Amazon in the UK. It's on Amazon in Japan. Right. I 
think it's on Tubi in Canada. Okay. So it's, you know, it's out it's there. there. It's out there. I can be romantic. That is chivalry. That is not romantic. I could ask you to make miso soup every morning. Unfortunately, I don't know how to make miso soup. I could teach you. I'm sure you could. S-T-A-Y. S-T-A-Y. It's the Japanese version. There's a couple other states out there. Look for the Japanese cast. It's time for the Japanese cast. Then you said, yeah, yeah. yeah, there are some other ones out there. Well, yeah, I dedicate, it's dedicated to two people. It's dedicated to my father and one of my best friends who passed away, mm-hmm. who was one of the first people that said, can I cuss on you? <laughs> so you can say whatever. <laughs> but let me tell you what. But this is not for children. And okay. I just, it's explicit. All right, no, because I, you know, I, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to quote my friend directly. Right. Okay. Because like I, when I first told him about the story, and I shared with my friend, you know, who passed away like six, seven years ago now, he said he's, he said and he said, "Dog, you gotta do that shit. You gotta do that shit. <laughs> you gotta do that shit." Okay. And then when he passed, I was like, "All right, oh, Carlos, he never got to see it. He never got to see it. Okay. His his widow got the chance, came out and see it okay. when we did the screening in L.A. How old was he when he passed? Forty. Oh wow. Did we, he have kids too? No kids. Oh okay. But he was, and we literally, it was really, it's one of those things where. As we were talking about life before, mm-hmm. is like I met him when he was about twenty years old. Oh, so you knew him for a good twenty years. I knew him for twenty years, but in technically speaking, though, I knew him at his midlife. Right, that's right. There you go. Because he lived to be forty. Yeah. So I knew him for half his life. Half his life, yes. You know, and wow. you know, I, I, I. But where was, he, where was he from? He was in Baltimore. From Baltimore. So yeah. you, this is why you were in Baltimore. You're talking about. You hadn't been in Japan yet. No, no, no. I was in Japan when he passed. I know, but how long had you been in Japan when he passed? When he passed, it was about 13. It was about okay, 2013, so, yeah. Okay, so half of that 20 years, you, you were away from him, yeah? Yeah, so okay. part of that time, you know, so but I you guys stayed in contact. Was, well, yeah, we stayed in contact all the time. Wow. And, you know, but yeah, it's like when we were, you know, like he was one of those people that we, we would bounce, each, bounce off each other. That's ideas, because we were, you know, he was a creative person. So what did I, he do? What did he do? He was a photographer. Oh, photographer. Okay. He was a photographer, videographer. You know, we we shot, we half shot a feature together. That <laughs> we had, we it was with him that we had the L.A. horror story of production. Okay. Uh, we 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 were shooting this this uh, low budget straight to DVD movie. He was my cinematographer, and you know, like because we you know we were both ride or die. And, you know, my other boy, Damon, who was also, like, I had the Baltimore contingents. Like, my boy Damon was from Baltimore, my boy Carlos, you know, like, and so Damon was my first AD, Carlos was my DP, we're going to do this. We were working with this cat, and we were moving, too. We were like, we had a 12-day shoot, we were pushing it, we were getting it through. What was the movie? What was the movie? L.A.? It was an L.A., I'm not going to mention the title of the movie. Okay, okay, don't do it, okay. Well, is it out? Is it out? Is no, out? no, no. This is what happened. All right. The movie was, it was called Gangster Mafia. Okay. <laughs> All right. And what year is this? What year are we talking about now? We're talking about, oh, this had to be about three, maybe? Yes, yeah, because before I did my first trip. Okay. Yeah, 2002, right. 2003. All right. And we had Joey Buttafuoco in it. Right. <laughs> if anybody knows who Joey Buttafuoco is, you can Google him. All right. And we would like, we were on day six of a 12 day shoot. And I was with the, one of the, I was with the, 
let's say, I'll say the good producer on the movie. And we're sitting there waiting, you know, kind of waiting to do a scout of a location. And he's on, you know, and he's looking at his bank account and he goes, we can't shoot today. We can't shoot. He goes, I think there's like negative $800 in my uh, account. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean? He goes, the check that the bad producer wrote him was bad. And we come to find out, dude was writing checks and bouncing checks all over LA and using fraudulent credit cards. <laughs> now, what, who's, the, who's the one who's doing this? The bad producer. The bad producer. The bad producer. And so we sat there and we're like, oh, okay. So then we realized, wait a minute, are people going to get paid? Because my first AD was married and had a kid, you know. So now we got to figure out people getting paid. So we checked with the payroll company that they, no money has ever been sent to them. Mm. So all three of us go to this cat's space because we're like, we're grown, man. We ain't, dude, this dude's got a kid. You know, yeah. it's like folks got bills and things. Was he putting stuff in his in his luggage and he was, he was about no, out no, the no, door no, when you no, got his no. cane? So we get to a spot and we, because we, 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 we came with evidence. You know, it wasn't like I was coming saying, dude, yeah, what's yeah. going on? It was like, no, you know, we talked to the payroll company and they said they never got anything that you said that they've gotten. He goes, and he comes in with this ledger book and like, I've sent them this and this and da 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 I'm like, dude, we talked to such and such at the, at the company. This is what they told us. How did you get their information? I said, telephones work. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna find a way to find out because I'm I'm not gonna mm -hmm. confront you without the information. Right. And next thing you know, dude is threatening to get a gun in his house. In his house, my boy Carlos goes, "Are we fucking boogie nights right now?" <laughs> he said, "What the hell is going on?" It was just insane. So that was, and it was around that time that I said, "You know what? I'm gonna take a break from LA." Okay. <laughs> You guys were in LA at the time. All of you from Baltimore. All of us from Baltimore. Wow. And that's whatever when I and that's when I came to Japan. With whatever happened with him? Do you know who? The guy, the bad one. Uh, I heard he moved to Atlanta. Okay, so he's still out there. Somewhere. He's probably out there somewhere. Still you know, doing what he does. Doing what he does. Wow. But yeah, I mean, and then that's around the time that I decided to apply for the jet program. Okay. But that's, we skipped a little bit. So you were in college and you were taking these yeah, courses. So and all of your, yeah, so all I was your in elective college, courses were all the creative all the, Yeah, so I took all the filmmaking and screenwriting courses in college. Right. And oddly enough, when I think my senior year, I actually applied for a movie. And it, I think it was either one of, it was either a Barry Levinson movie or a John Waters movie, I forget now. And they wanted to hire me. And it was like my senior year, so I would have to take off like a semester to work on this movie. And I was like, oh, I want to work on this. My mother was like, No, you went. And you didn't. No. <laughs> so you got your degree. Okay. Right. Because yeah. she was like, uh, She said, I said, She said, I told you when you graduated high school, you got four years. That's right. Anything after that, you on your own. <laughs> and she so got you. She meant it. Yeah. She was, and she was right. Yeah. But, you know, but, you know, so, yeah, I missed that 
for that particular job and went right. back and graduated and got my degree. Right. Well, how's your mom doing, by the way? She's good. She's good. She's, good. she's in she's in Florida and she's, she's in, Florida. in Orlando now and retired and right. just, you know, well, she's still socially isolating. Yeah, because but, of this, yeah. But, you know, but she, you know, we talk, you talk know, she's constantly. hanging in there, you know. That's good. That's um, good. But, you know, and so, but she's been the rock. All, I can imagine. You know, but, you know, you think about it. When I think, when I look back now, my mother was still 18 when I was, you know, when I was born. So she in a lot of ways, she was becoming an adult as I was a child. Up. Yes. And then as a single mother, and then a single mother with two children, mm-hmm. I know the sacrifices she made, you know, in terms of just what she's gone through and her life and her story and and getting me and my sister to where she we She never are. married? She, re- she got married once and then divorced. Okay. Why that's you were, a, that's why her you, story to tell. Okay, right, but while you were... Well, I was, yeah, when I was younger. Okay, okay. Um, she was married two years, like maybe no, she was married six months. It wasn't long at all. It wasn't that long, no. Okay, and you're yeah. probably happier too. Yeah, she was happier. Yeah, happier. She was happier. You were happy. She was happier. Wow. Okay, so then after all, after you finished yeah, college, so and then you, I went back to Baltimore. Okay, and it was then you know as every college graduate, what was it next? Now that I've got this degree and all this, and you know, but I knew I wanted to focus on filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I knew I wanted to start filmmaking probably since that senior year of high school, really, mm-hmm. because that band I was working with inspired me to write my first screenplay. Mm-hmm. From so this, you know, so as I said, I started working in, you know, I was a, um, you know, I wanted to be a doctor right. from seven to seventeen. Right. So you were really pretty serious, at a right? Really young age. But then I was, but then. Probably between 15 to about 17, I was the creative bug started to mm-hmm. started to mm-hmm. come in. You know, writing poetry and mm-hmm. you know doing music and writing lyrics and singing and all that kind of stuff. And then you know, and I used to ride my bike around Baltimore because you know I was I was like you know just you know a I didn't have a car, I didn't have money for a car. Okay. I had jobs, but you know because you know you know I worked in. I've sold men's clothes, I've sold women's shoes, <laughs> I was a stock clerk, you know, I had all these like right. odd jobs coming in, but I would ride my bike. And one day I'm riding my bike and I hear this, something says to me, write a movie about the band. What? Write a movie about the band. Okay. How the hell do you do that? <laughs> and the thing is, and you, and you look back, you realize, you, you know, it's, I think Steve Jobs said, you connect the dots backwards. Okay. Growing up, I had always been going to the library. Library was like, in terms of, outside of like family and you know the people who, my support network, mm-hmm. the library was the other support network in my okay. life. So I used to read a lot of comic books, but I would trade comic books with the library because they had a library. And you would okay. go in and you'd bring in comic right. books and, and trade comic books. Right, right. So library, the librarians knew me by name. But I also knew going to the library was a safe space. Mm-hmm. So I could go there, I could get books and learn. You know, like, I remember Mr. O'Bannon, you know, was one of the libraries. said, what's your favorite book? He goes, Invisible Man, Ralph Ellison. I said, all right, Marie, I was like 13 years old. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell that book <laughs> I didn't know what Ellison was saying at 13. When I read it again at 19. It started to click. And then when you read it in your 20s, it clicks a little bit more. Oh, wow. 
So, but I got it. You know, it's like, but to be challenged to say, okay, I'm gonna read that. You, you ready? Let me go for it. That you would go for trying to read that kind of material. And so I loved reading. What about now? Still love reading. Okay. Just don't have as much time because right. you know right. I got three kids. Right, that's true. <laughs> you know, um, but that's the thing that got me going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when I heard this thing that says write a movie about the band, first thing I went to the library. Where did I find a book about writing movies? Because I didn't even know what it was called. I didn't know it was called a script or a screenplay. Okay, right. I just know writing about them. I knew movies were written. Right. I just didn't you know, know the terminology. I didn't know all the terminology. Right. So I get the library, and the library shows me, I think these are, and we pull out this book, and this was a book by Sid Field called Screenplay. And it's probably like the first book that most people have ever read about screenwriting. This is what I started reading before I went to college and started writing. So when I went to college and started studying screenplay, then I learned, started learning more about writing and screenwriting and the process, and then I started doing production. But because this, the film school denied me twice, I became a history major. So I, so I was getting my degree in history, but also learning filmmaking, you know. And what's great is that because we were in Ithaca, Cornell was across town. So I could take course, you know, they had an exchange program. So, I, you know, I would even take courses in my major at Cornell, you know. And so it's like I had this real... And the thing is, what I realized when I look back on, I said, "Man, I could have graduated from Cornell." <laughs> so yeah, so I think I right. Yeah. Well, you know, because what I realized is, like, once I took that class at Cornell and passed, I was like, "I could do this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I could do that. I right, could be right. Ivy League." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, you, right. but you don't realize that right, until right, you no, do it, right? And you start seeing the people there doing it, yeah. right? And so you realize, Man, I could have done that. Yeah. You know, and then what I realized I probably could have done is like I could have went for my freshman and sophomore year at Ithaca and then tr try to see if I could transfer to it Cornell mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of where, it's where you graduate, not where you start. That's right. The degree is only where you graduate. That's right. That's right. So I could have went those last two years ago, but nobody told us that. Mm -hmm, nobody tells mm -hmm, you that. Mm -hmm. Nobody yeah, school gives you on that. They don't school you on that information. Right, right. You know, and when you're coming up, and this is what, you know, when you think about like how folks build like generational wealth and all those kind Same of things thing, is that yeah. nobody teaches you those There's things. We're not taught that at all. And those We're kind of strategies. Yeah. You're just trying to make it. So once and I was in college, college you right, learn how to just you go, make it. Right. You go to college, that's the school you go to. Nobody told you about transferring. Transferring, right. <laughs> that's right. You know, and so, but the great thing about IC was is it had a really solid film program. So mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that. And, you know, and so when I finished, I went back to Baltimore. And about a, maybe about a year or so, a little bit less than a year, you know, I'm riding my bike around Baltimore. And, and the Maryland Film Office at the time, which was called the Maryland Film Commission at the, back then, they had what they called a hotline number. A hotline number. A hotline. Hotline number, okay. Because if a movie came in, you could call the hotline, you could okay. find out what's coming in the town. Right, hey, right. there's a commercial coming in, send right. in your resume. Well, one day they, I called the hotline and I'm just riding my bike, you know, and I'm just like, because, you know, we didn't have cell phones or bikes. Sure, you know, you sure didn't, yes. So I, would call the, I called the hotline, I said, what's going on the hotline? I called and it says, you know, they said, oh, there's a movie coming in and we're looking for crew and, you know, production assistance, da da da. I was like, oh, I wanted to get a job. I wanted to get a job as a production assistant because I know that's the kind of the the bottom tier job mm -hmm. that you get starting. It's just it's kind of your, your 
your professional film starter job. Gotcha. Okay. And, and it says, you know, send in your resume, don't come in, and you know, I was on my bike and I looked like a bike messenger and I had my resume in my backpack. I'm like, hell, I'm going in. <laughs> so I go to the office, because it was at this hotel called the Tremont Plaza. I go in, I said, hi, I'm just here to bring in a resume. I got the little bike, they, I look like a bike messenger. Right, they don't right. know me from that. Right, right. I walk in, hand in, they say, oh, thank you very much. You know, come out, about a couple of days later, I get a phone call, hi, what is my dog? I said, yeah, I want you to come in. Cool, I get in, I go in, I got my tie on, I come in, I'm, you know, I'm green. <laughs> I'm like green, green. Producer comes in, Mike, his name's Mike Hausman. He's a big, he's a fairly well-known Hollywood producer. Okay. He comes in, he's got like this kind of almost quasi-safari type shirt on, and he comes in, he goes, he comes in, he sits down, he looks at my, you can see, I can see my resume on his desk, and he goes, good afternoon, young man. I said, how you doing, sir? He goes, I see you went to Ithaca College. I go, yes, sir. I'm a Cornell man myself. I said, I took some classes at Cornell. He said, oh, good. We just had a really good conversation. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I'm looking just to, you know, start my job. He says, I think you're going to be all right. <laughs> and, and I got on, and I, yeah, and I was hired on the movie. Oh, that's good. And that was my first job as a production assistant on a Hollywood, it was, and the director was David Mamet. Mm -hmm. um, and like Joe Mantegna was in it, and, um, all, you know, and it's like, so it's like Ving Rains was in that movie. You know, it's like all these actors who became really well known. And, you know, with one of the preeminent theater writers and filmmak you know, indie filmmakers at the time. Mm -hmm. And this was like my first feature film. It was just like, in, in the first AD in the film, she goes, Daryl, I'm going to tell you now, you're so lucky that this is your first movie because most of them are not like this. Because <laughs> oh, you got a good one. It was a great one. That's good. And, you know, I learned a lot. Everything I learned about filmmaking from college, because this was a whole different education. This is the real deal. This was the real deal right. because it's this not is based on theory. It's no, this is, on based, this is based on fact. On fact this is yeah. based on real <laughs> money. Right. This right, is right. based on yeah, yeah. people's Just careers. In real like, attitudes. I can tell you now, look, yeah. maybe that first week. Because I wasn't f used to the production schedule. Because movies you're shooting 12 hour, 13 hour, 14 hour mm -hmm. days. And you know, that first week kicks your ass. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I slipped past my alarm clock. And I was late. And I jumped on my bike and I hauled ass to the set. And Karen, Karen came to me and she's the second AD because that's who usually in charge of the PAs. And she goes, what happened? I go overslept. And she looked at me, she goes, okay. If it happens again, don't bother coming back. Real clear. Yes. It never happened again. Never happened again. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, now, as soon as we wrapped, rode my bike, went to the right aid, got a second alarm clock, took that thing, threw on the other side of the made room, it, made it very clear. set that joint, I had to hear yeah. and have one. There's no way you're gonna. And to this day, when I'm working on a production, I have to do two, the same thing. Do the same thing. Same thing. Isn't do the same thing. Two o'clock. Wow. Because 
you know, because I just don't, I don't want to let, because I remember, I know what that felt like. Yeah. And I felt bad. But it's glad that she handled it so well, well right away. I think she got yeah. it. She knew it was my first she gig. Did. And she said, she said, but she's going to make it very clear. Right. And she and, knew she'd let and, you go. And, and the thing is, she, and, she, and I think she knew, and she, and I was local, I was from Baltimore, and she knew, she's like, this is, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to drop this kid. And I think she also saw, like, this is a black kid who's really trying. trying. You're trying yeah. And she's like, I'm going to give you a second chance. But that's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. You know, and I work my ass mm -hmm. off. And mm -hmm. the thing is, that job got me my next job. There you go. And that job there you go. Got kept, on, it just kept on going. Kept you know, and so I worked on some really great films as a production assistant. Okay. You know, I worked, you know, and the, the directors were great. Like, you know, you got a chance to work with David Madman. Uh, Penny Marshall, Robert Townsend. Um, I worked on the TV show Homicide. What movie was Robert Townsend? Did you he did um, Meteor I, Man. Yeah, you you worked on that one. I was on it because that was that was the first black superhero movie ever made. Yeah, I was Meteor Man. I was on it, and I'm in it. What part are you playing on? I play one of the Golden Lords. <laughs> one of the golden Wait, where can you get that movie anyway? Since all of his movies seem to be gone, or, I don't know. Or, I, they've it, been taken off the thing, like for example, like, Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah, I I look for those, and it's hard to find his movies. It's not on like you can't buy it on Amazon or something. Maybe so, I don't know. I don't have. I don't. It might be available on DVD or yeah. something. But yeah, Townsend was good. And how's he? What ha what's happened with him? Do you know? Robert's, you know, I think he's still working and doing okay. movies, and but he's, he's still very low key. Yeah. He's just more low key, but he's yeah. working. I think his daughter's working on stuff now, mm -hmm. and he's. Mm -hmm. You know, but he's you know, but he's a legend. You know, he's yes. got you know, he's made some seminal yeah, really classic films. Has. But did did he? I don't know how he handled himself financially. I hope he took care of himself. Oh, I think he did. You know, yeah. he had a TV show. I, and, right. You know, right. but that doesn't. You know, yeah, you that's never, true. You never that's know. True. You never know. But I think Robert was a good story. Yeah, but Robert had money. He so. came back. Yeah, but he lost everything because right. he had that beautiful home and stuff. And well, because he, he was generous. Is that what happened? I yeah, don't, it I don't wasn't like, I think here. he still, here's the thing, I think the thing with him, he always had his business acumen. Okay. But I think he was just too generous. So generous. He, was, he was trying to bring everybody along. I got you. And that got caught and up. And that got caught up. And okay. he, when he realized, I can't bring everybody, right. but he still had the business acumen, so he was still able to make money, mm -hmm. you know. So what brought you to Japan? What made you decide to come here? So why are you, how long have you been in Japan, first of all? So I've been in Japan, I, I, you know, about 15 years now. Now, I know you're married and you have your yeah. two kids, but is that why you came? Because well, I ca the first time I came to Japan, so around the time I was doing that Gangsta Mafia movie, I got hired by MTV to write a screenplay based on a manga. And MTV flew me to Japan to meet the manga and, the, you know, there was going to be an animation thing and to meet the animators and all that. So I was here, like... About two thousand, about that was about two thousand three, and I came out here for about a week, a little bit more than a week, here, and so that was my first time coming to Japan. Mm -hmm. And what did you think about it when you came? I was like, "What? Well, okay, what's going on?" I wanted you're right in Tokyo. In Tokyo, okay. Like I was staying at a hotel in Kichijoji, okay. And, but I used to live right there. Yeah. You know, but it's like you you're here that first time, and you're like it's kind of like sensory overload. Most definitely. And. Once I was able to get past, I still wanted to know more. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to see more. But I didn't know I was going to get back because the MTV, once the MTV project didn't go. It didn't go. It didn't go. You know, that was a little bit crushing because, you know, it's like everybody's, you know, because I think MTV loved the script and then things changed on the Japanese side. Okay. Like when we, when I came here, 
you know, like the, the manga creator was like, oh, we really want this to be so much more Western. You know, and I was like, I could do that because there's like this hip hop vibe to it, and you know all this kind of stuff. So I was like, I can, I can give you the hip hop vibe, and da da da. So I write the script and send it to MTV. They're like, oh my god, we loved it, and then you know, I think, there, and then there was talks like we might want to not just do this on TV. We may want to try to see if we can find a way of making this theatrical. We were just waiting here back from Japan, and finally we get back to Japan, and it's not, it's not Japanese enough. <laughs> so one way or another, you know. <laughs> So, so there, so you went to so you're in Kijijoji, and after you came back from MTV, then what happened? And then after so that, so when that happen. so when that finished, so between that not getting a green light, and between and then the Gangsta Mafia project, you know, it was kind of like, all right, what am I going to do? And I just said, you know what, I just need a break. And I said, and I had some friends who had been with the Jet program, and they said, Daryl, you should just try, you know, you should. And I was like. Let me check this out. And so I went to one of those like introductory meetings. I was like, that don't sound bad. Go to Japan for a year. I could do some writing in that year. I could be creative. Were you able to? And I applied. And I got in. You know, and you know, and I, I requested to be in a town. I didn't want to be in a city because I lived in Los Angeles. I lived in Baltimore. I've been in New York a lot of, you know, it's like let me really, if I'm going to go to Japan, let me go see what Japan is really mm -hmm. about. So where did they put you? Where did you go? I wound up in a town called Kawamata. Kawamata, okay. In Fukushima. Okay. <laughs> so how long were you, you were there for and, a whole year? And so I went to Fukushima for that first year, and in that first year I met my wife. Oh, so, so I stayed the second year. <laughs> was she one of the students? She, she wasn't a student. We okay. met, we just met at a party. Okay. Right. And... And so once, you know, so I wound up staying for that second year and then, you know, we got married Then the first kid came and then I was like, because now I had to have a plan B. Okay. Because, you know, before, because before, you know, I was like I said, I'm, because I'm a filmmaker. Right. I've always been creative. So I was like, always had that drive of filmmaking and then, you know, but I'm here in Japan teaching English because, you know, that's the job I have to do, but I'm really looking to also focus and do, you know, and I think the only thing I really got, I wrote a play <laughs> in that yeah. time. Okay. Um, and then, you know, but then once I realized I needed a plan B, I had always, I had been asked to teach because of my film experience, mm -hmm. but I didn't have my degree. Okay. So I was like, maybe I'll go back and get my degree. Degree in what? Film. Okay. And get you my master's you, degree. I had an under, uh, undergrad degree in history, but I didn't right. have a master's degree, degree to teach at university level. I knew that's what you wanted, okay. And so I went back to get my master's degree in film. With your wife and your child? Well, they stayed in Fukushima. Okay. And by that time, while I was in grad school, number two came along. <laughs> okay. Um, and, you know, I went to Chapman University in Orange, California and got my master's degree in directing coming directly out of Chapman, I got hired at Morgan State University as a teaching there in their film program. And so I was teaching at Morgan State. And then we was then trying to work all the visa stuff for my wife and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then shortly after that, then while I'm at Morgan, my third, my daughter was born. Okay. Well, actually, no, not yet. No, no, no. Fukushima happened 
then my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. So basically, I was at Morgan when Fukushima happened, and my family was still there. 2011, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that was the decision that made me come back. Okay, and then you've stayed ever since. Yeah. Okay, so what have you done since you've been here? I mean, all this time, now that uh, you're here, back from that. Um, so 2011 on. So from 2011 on, like I said, I came back and started, I worked at a film festival, the short, the short Shorts Film Festival for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I've done lots of teaching of English. <laughs> okay. Just to make sure we, to, you know, to pay get the bills. Get paid the bills. Got you. And working in film and production. So mm -hmm. I've done fixing work, you know, on productions. I've done acting. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I've been probably one of the biggest music videos for the AK, AKB48. Okay. Um, I play a DJ in their fortune cookie video, which has like, oh, I think it's about 200 something million views now, which is kind of insane. You okay. know, I go to schools and I show it to students and they're like, oh my God. That's right, yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, yeah. you know, but. And so it's one of those things where I've been able to keep my my foot into the entertainment door as I'm making sure that my family gets fed and there's a roof. What does it feel like now? Where are you at about this, your life right now? Right now I'm trying to get the next film made. Okay, which is? It's called Polaris. And it's about? Um, it's about a chef who comes to Japan okay. who loses his sense of taste. Right. Because of Corona? Well, I've added, it was funny is that the story, he lost his sense of taste before we knew that the symptoms of Timona, so I'm corona, now yeah. thinking of concluding that as part of the storyline. Right, that he actually had corona, yeah, didn't right. know it. And his, you know, but he comes to Japan to fulfill his father's final wish. Right. And he meets a woman who helps him on his journey. So it's another love story. Wow. <laughs> so where, where are you at right now? Um, at this process. point, we're wanting, now we're beginning this process of seeing how we can try to raise some funding for it. Okay. Because we were going to try to do it Have last you, year. you finished the script already? The script's written, yeah. The script's okay. written. So, and you've been passing out so people are looking at it now? Not yet. Not, not, not yet. yet. Not because we were going to do it, we are going to try to pull it off last year, but the pandemic shut down everything. Okay. And so now we're beginning to get that, the, the build the speed back up to try to get it going And again. it's called Polaris? Polaris. Polaris, why? The North Star. Okay. And, you know, What's because the, the story takes, part of the story takes place in Hokkaido, okay. which is the northern point of yeah, Japan. Of Japan. Yeah, Wakanai. Wakanai. <laughs> That's the very tip of Hokkaido. The yeah. It's called Wakanai. Wakanai. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, um, and so, you know, I wanted, you know, I want to do another love story because I like okay. love stories. They're just nice to tell. So, the when you say you're looking for funding, what kind of, what, what kind of amounts are you talking about, if you don't mind? Oh, uh, let me say, um, maybe between half a million, you okay, know, U.S. U.S. Yeah. Okay. You know, because, you well, know, what does that do? If you had that amount, then what happens? You can, you can get a, you can get much bigger talent. You can get some names. Okay. You know, you can. You, you can actually get the music you want. Okay. You can, you know, get you know, the equipment you want. You can get a, you know, you can get a little bit of a longer shooting schedule. Right. Right. You can go through the whole process without having to worry about a lot of Financing, stuff. Financing, yeah. yeah. You're not like, you know, because like sometimes when you go through production, yeah, you're always trying to figure out how you can do it, but when Take you're nickel and diamond, you know, right. it's, it's hard, it's tough. Yeah. 
you know, you're cutting corners here and there, and you, sometimes you just want to say, let me try to figure out about cutting corners. Can you mention how much you paid to do stand? It was under half a million. Under half a million? Yeah. And you were able to do what you did? Actually, way under half a million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, so, so you have to be very creative, especially if you're going to Oh, you got to be budget, very creative, yeah. If you want to work on a budget. Yeah, I mean, because we had to do some guerrilla filmmaking on the film. Okay. We, I think you, know, you mentioned that. That's so right. we didn't have this permission. Permission sometimes, right? But you know, I have a friend of mine who is from Namibia, who's a filmmaker with yeah. that we went, I went to grad school with, and right. we would talk about that whole process of asking for permission. Right. Right. You know, ask for permission and seek forgiveness. You know. Right. Exactly. And he's, you know, he said this. He says, "Look, if I can, you know, get the shot and have something that'll last as a work of art." I'd rather do that than to worry about than, it. Than worry about but can't that backfire on you somehow? Depends on what you're doing. Okay, like, but I mean, if you're putting example. people at risk, yeah, that can very much backfire. Okay, but what if it's just a, let's say the movie becomes a, a box office hit, mm -hmm. and you took it in a place where you'd normally have to ask for permission. Could they come back, recourse on that, and say, look, you just made a Star Wars of a movie. Right. And I mean, they sure they could. Used our lobby. Used our lobby without our permission. Right. It depends on who it is. Who it is? Okay, I got yeah. you. You know, yeah. I don't think you know. I don't. I don't know if Jr. would come after me for shooting on the train. I understand what you're saying. Okay. You know, it's there's like, certain things like that, right? You know, it's like I know there's a company. I know a movie. They did a movie in Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Like this, these guys that did a movie be, in Disney. Like they grill a filmmaker without asking for. Without, okay. Yeah, they just shot the entire movie. And Disney did the thing that everyone fears. No, no. They, what Disney did, the movie came out. They got a deal. The movie came out. And I think Disney didn't do the thing they thought Disney would do. They thought Disney would fight them. And Disney didn't. And by Disney not fighting them, it just it, went away. It kind of went away. Okay. I mean, I'm sure they did well. They said they did okay. okay. But I think had Disney came after came them, after them right. they have this cause. I understand. The, the big, giant Disney is coming oh, that's after what saying, You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So I think oh, in a lot of ways... I see what you're saying. Yeah, it could have helped them too. It was going to help their PR. If they did, yeah. Yeah, Disney and I think part of their... And Disney said, we're not going to give you that kind of... We're not going to give you the, that time. We're not even going to give you the time. No, we're not giving you the time of day. We're going to pretend like it didn't happen. Yup. Okay. You're not getting you guys got away with it. No worries. Right here. Yeah. That's interesting, see, because I would imagine because and you're I'm in a sure, very creative area. Yeah, I'm sure somebody said, oh, if we give them, if we take them to court and all this, it's going to give them so much more PR, it means more people are going to see it. That's and right, then, right, right. Why would we do that? Yeah. And so if we don't do anything, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Daryl. Okay, let's say if you could have everything you wanted right now with your creative talents, which, are, is, mm -hmm. which is filmmaking, where would you be? If it was right now, at your age you are, at the age you are now, and with your family and everything else, what would you be doing? What would your life be like now? If I wanted to make it, in terms of the creativity, or if you had everything, let's say you you're there, and when I'm talking to you, I'm, you know, everyone, <laughs> this is Daryl, man, I got Daryl here. What would what would your life look like? I think right now, if I had everything, I in terms of Tell like, me, yeah. It's your twin. It's the twin Daryl. The, the parallel you, universe. That you gave everything. Everything, everything he tried to do, it, it happened. So, I would probably would have maybe at least ten films under my belt. Okay. What type of films? 
it would be a variety. It wouldn't be any particular genre. You know, okay. there'd be love stories, there would be action movies, there would be uh, thrillers. You know, um, you know, horror. Okay. You know, so you, you, I think you know, I like different genres of films, right. and I like just telling good stories. Like right now, I'm in a place where I'm, I'm looking to do what I like to call black faces in international spaces. Okay. Um, but yeah, in terms of like where I would be right now, you have ten I, movies under your belt. I would have ten movies, which means and then if I have ten movies under my belt, that means I already have something sitting in the bank. Okay, right. Which would be how much would you, give it? To, you can have whatever you want. How much would it be now? Fifteen, twenty. Okay, you'd have that. that you'd have growing. That, you'd have your family. Okay. Yeah, you know, kids would have their trust funds and all okay, that, and everybody would be. Where set. would you be living? Everywhere. All right. <laughs> So I mean, I like would where? probably have a place. I would probably have a place in L.A. Okay. I would probably have a place here. Okay. Maybe in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and traveling, right. and living. You know, living, but also. Now the travel would be for what reason? If you're traveling. If I'm traveling, you know, well, I think because my, you know, I, we're here. We're connected with Japan, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that's always going to be part of this journey. Mm -hmm. And the business is in LA right. for the most part. So there's a part of you have to be there in terms of the business. That's the, that's hub. Where the Yeah, that's the hub that's of the, the business. That's the real deal, yeah. Right. And so and then, you know, Baltimore's family and it's home. So it's like you want to always okay. stay connected to your roots, you know. So it's kind of like this. And then, you know, my mom's would be set up. Right. Of you course. know, my She's sisters right? would all okay. be set up. Gotcha. You know, so everybody would be. Good. Well, good. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, and you know, I probably would then also be looking to do writers retreats. Okay. And what would that entail? One of the things I want to do is writers retreats in like maybe the Japanese countryside. Mm -hmm. You know, like in Fukushima, not maybe near a city or a town, with where artists, where writers can come and they can write. Okay have like, like their own little bungalow and it's like a little bungalow type village okay they can either get a bicycle or a little scooter and they can go into town get whatever they need mm -hmm. maybe give them a stipend mm -hmm. and you come in and you write you can maybe come for like a month okay for two months and just write and focus on your craft right. you know and then who then pays for this i mean wait, i ain't right. figured that part out yet all right but <laughs> i mean but if it could be like a non-profit or something i could figure that out you right. know but you haven't okay. figured out what that structure would be. I got you. But you're in a place where it's really just nature. It's around yeah, people, nature. Right. Yeah, it could be in nature because, you know, sometimes, you know, I think creative people sometimes just need a quiet place. Like I know when Barry Jenkins went to write Moonlight, he went to Belgium or something okay. like that. He said, I want to go to the most boring place in the world. And he went like somewhere to write Moonlight. Okay. And, you know, it'd be nice to say, okay, what if Barry Jenkins came to Japan and said, hey, I've got, there's this writer's retreat in this small yeah, town and just get, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he said come yeah. on out anytime and you know right. and you just give you know yeah, you come out there and you just spend your time there and you know and you know and just folks just come in and there's the community there nice. but then they get to know the people in the community right and you know oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, you know so you, there's an exchange there you know and then you know and then they go back and hopefully they go back with some brilliant work that they share with the world wow. and they say where'd you write this oh, I wrote this in the you know, you share and then people just keep coming. Nice. But it'd be this kind of thing that hopefully even after I'm gone, it could still continue. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, 
because artists always need a place that they can go. So it's like, yeah. that's the, so I want to also kind of sort of give back. Right, I got you. You know, um, and. Yeah. I want to get back, back to like the, I want to finish up with the entrepreneur. Yeah. Little short video you did. Yeah. Now, why, because you, you spoke to me shortly because you had me in it, obviously. Yes. <laughs> you had me in it. Which was what great. Made, what, what made you decide to do that? Well, when I saw what Pharrell had done in, you know, in, 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 come at it, in the director did with that piece, and I saw that they had Arthel in there, you know, Arthel is with the Art Studio, and they had um, David Latanya with Soul Food House. And I thought, I said, oh, so much, many other people here in Japan that you could do a whole thing just on Japan in terms of people who have businesses and are entrepreneurs and have built stuff up from the ground up and they're here. Mm -hmm. I said, so why not do a version that's just Japan? <laughs> you know, at least, you know, and so that's kind of just where it started was that, you know, yeah. I was talking to another friend of mine, he said, yeah, you should do that. And I said, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. And you mm -hmm. feature other people who are here. So it was like you and Dan and Cece down in Osaka and, you know, the sister that has the app that, you know, you know. That's right, that's right. You know, it's like right. you just have all these people who are here. And, and because they, you know, it's like, and I wanted to at least also tell a little bit more of David and Latanya's story, you mm -hmm. know, the Soul Food House. They were so happy with that. Yeah, and then you have, yeah. you know, the brother Chuck with the martial arts. and Matter of fact, matter of fact, he's tomorrow. He's tomorrow, see? I'm doing a podcast <laughs> with him tomorrow. If, yeah. if if the times work out, yeah, we're gonna work out on that. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And so I'm gonna put. A, you, would you mind if I? I might put a little bit of that entrepreneur that you did a little bit on this. No, no, that's fine. Thing. That's fine. I'll, I'll give you. A, I'll send you a copy of it so All you right. can have it. So All you right. can have a clean that you don't All have right, to download good. it. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's good. Now I want to ask you. What would you like? How would you like to end? Do you have anything you'd like to say to everyone before we wrap up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you a little bit of time because we have to. Oh, we have to wrap up. Yeah. yeah. I don't never know how to wrap up stuff, man. Yeah, anything, yeah. Because, so, you know, here's the thing. Japan, I don't like to wrap up stuff because it's life has opened it. Talk to me. Okay. <laughs> Why That's wrap right. it up when you can keep it going? I mean, I know you have to end the show. I got you. No, but, but see, but then again, I tell everyone that comes on, basically, we're going to do this again. Yeah. A lot of the people that I have on, I want to have them on again. I think yeah. you have a whole lot of stories. Oh, yeah. I didn't even talk about the first movie I made. Same, <laughs> That's right. you got to stay. But see, I want people to see that. Yeah, my first movie is I'm called Detention. You know, a detention. Detention. No, you didn't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, we did that movie, that. and that was my first indie film. Okay. And it's funny. I I think I'm. It's weird. I was just thinking about this the other day. I said I'm always like the second to do something. <laughs> Someone had already did the that. The second. Like Someone, I know. You know somebody. You know that. sometimes they say, "Oh, that's the first black person." Like yesterday, right, 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 the, I got you. I got you. I got you. The first black person did this. Right. I realized, like, damn, I keep being the second, second one. Yeah. You know, like I think. From what I know, from I think, you know, I know my people back home are going to correct me. I think, I think I'm the second African-American to make a feature film in Baltimore. Okay. I'm the second African-American to make a feature film in Japan. <laughs> like, I'm like, why am I always the damn second? second. second. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. You know, but yeah, you know, my first film is called Detention. And it's yeah. like, and that came out of also working as a substitute teacher because it's based about a teacher who keeps five students after school on a Friday and you know she sees a potential in them. Where was it based? In based in Baltimore. Okay. Did this in Baltimore. And we were we, you know and the, and the thing is is that 
And again, that was a thing where we had to get permission because we shoot in a school. Originally, I was going to try to shoot my high school, which is a school called Baltimore City College High School, which is like probably the best high school in Baltimore City. But the principal at the time was a kind of a jerk. He wouldn't let us shoot in the school. So we went to the Frederick Douglass High School, which was actually a lot closer to my house. <laughs> so it actually turned out to be much better. But the principal of that school, because Frederick Douglass High School actually has this rich history. That's where Thurgood Marshall went. Okay. You know, you know, like all these other people went. So it's has this rich history with this high school. And so when I realized, I said, we were supposed to be here. Because the principal, we came in, me and my producer, Maxie, we came in, we had a meeting with the principal, and she said, of course, she covers you. What do you need? Yeah, that's not nice. Yeah, she said, what do you need? Come on in. Yes, of course. You want to make a movie in our school? Come on. And we had the entire school. That's not nice. You know, we shot in 12 days for 12 grand mm -hmm. <laughs> on film, you know. And right. that was, you know, you know, and that's the part of that Baltimore journey I was talking about. It's like, because literally, and then shortly after that, we shot Maxie's film called Be More Hacks. And then right around after I shot that film, as we were doing, I got a job writing on the TV show Homicide, Life on the Street. So that's all whole this. Whole this thing, yeah. So I'm writing for wow. network television shortly after I wrote on, made my feature after film. Det yeah, detention. Wow. Yeah, you know, and you know, and the thing is with the, the show Homicide, I actually worked on that show as a PA. I did an show. I did an episode as an actor, and I wrote on the show. So I had like three different lives, in, you know, on this one particular TV show. You know, so it's been this like journey, man. You know, and that's the thing is, it's been a great journey. When I look back on the, the experiences and the you know people I've met, and you know, mm -hmm. you know, because you know, and this year has been kind of sad because you know we just lost like recently we just lost Ned Beatty, he was on Homicide. Yafi Koto passed this year, you know, so using a lot, and they they were great. They were, you know not only great actors, they were just great people, mm -hmm. and you know, and so to have that those kind of folks in your part as part of your journey. And you shared just a little bit of their journey with your journey. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. We're going to keep this open ended. Yes, keep it open ended. <laughs> keep it on the, on the no, why close the loop yeah. when it can stay open? Dale, thank you for thank you. sharing the time. We'll shake on this. We'll show, we'll show, we'll show <laughs> all of you, I want to thank you for watching this podcast. Remember, it's all our loan. Keep reaching for the stars, and you are too blessed to be stressed. Thank you.